Shareable is part of C-Suite Radio. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this either is or will become your favorite podcast. This is Shareable, the podcast so good, you got to tell someone about it. I'm your host, Jeff Gibbard. In every episode, I talk with someone about the impact that people and technology have had on their career and their lives. So, let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's Jeff, and I'm back with another episode of Shareable for you, and today we have a doozy in our midst. You see, today I get to speak with Nick Eubanks. You don't know Nick? He's SEO Nick on the internets, and uh, I believe he sold that domain, Uh, and then he had SEO AUV, which I think he still has, or perhaps he's moved on to something else, but whatever the case may be, he's a well-respected thought leader in the world of SEO, e-commerce, and conversion optimization, but that, that doesn't even do it justice. You see, Nick Eubanks is just a super sharp guy to begin with, so trying to pigeonhole him into a particular set of skills or knowledge is is kind of silly. He's an entrepreneur through and through. He's always looking for opportunities. He's exceptionally quick. He learns things. He tries things. He breaks things. He fixes them. Nick Eubanks is the real deal. And that's why this episode is shareable. Let me just say that I am fucking excited about today's guest. Uh, not only is he a fantastic individual, not only is he extremely well-dressed and extremely handsome and has fine taste in wines and automobiles, um, he's also a good friend of mine that I've known for a little while and someone who I have the utmost respect for professionally and personally. On the other end of the phone today, I have Mr. Nick Eubanks. Nick, tell people who you are and what you do. Uh, hmm. <laughs> It's all, I mean, I always have a hard time with that question. Um, I Especially because you I am, keep coming I'm, up with new shit. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be on here. I'm, I'm extremely impressed with, uh, with what you're doing with um, Shareable so far. So this is, this is a, a true honor. Um, currently, I'm managing digital strategy uh, and the, I guess, I don't know, corporate vision sounds so stodgy and terrible. Um, but I've uh, running things for a few different companies. Um, one of my most recent personal projects is uh, addhero.com, and we, we've got a uh, measly, tiny little podcast that has two episodes that we just launched uh, last week. Um, that's like the new thing. But uh, yeah, other than that, uh, running a digital agency and, and uh, trying to keep an e-commerce business growing at the you know a mean cager or a compound annual growth rate for for you non-acronymistic folks. And you've also got uh, the uh, SEO AUV going on still. Is that still happening? So it is going on. I will. Um, I will give you a a a tip on the lowdown uh, on the DL, if you will. Um, SEO AUV will be going away um, quite possibly this weekend. Hmm. So probably you know now that you've put it out onto the world of shareable, uh, you know that that's going to get leaked. Well, actually, by the time this episode publishes, it'll have already happened. So um, it's not really advance notice. It's just for me that I get advance notice. Yes, you you as an individual get advance notice. So there's a good chance it's going away this weekend. Worst case, it'll be next week. Um, But it's it's coming uh, swift um, in in its demise. Okay, 
Fantastic. Well, it's one of the perks of being the host of a podcast. You get insider information. You get to know about stuff before other people get to know about it. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then you've also got – we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the end because I think ADD Hero is kind of the, the perfect sort of a business for you to start because you are – you and I are kindred spirits in the sense that we always have like 35 side projects as well as like two or three really in-depth like uh, primary projects. Um, so I always respect that about you. So I'm sure when we get up to that, the end part where I give you a chance to talk about what you're doing, I'm sure you'll leave out one or two things, but, um, we'll, we'll come back to those. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. All right, cool, man. So we're going to let everybody know how you use technology because that's how we set the stage so that people can relate to where you're coming from. So are you an early adopter or late adopter or somewhere in between? I'm pretty, I'm a pretty early adopter. I think I was a little late on the voice front. Um, so like a lot of like the home automation stuff, I sort of resisted just cause I didn't really see the value. And then just this past Christmas, I was, I was given, um, a, uh, an echo by both my parents and, uh, and my wife's parents. Um, so sort of forced to, to put them to work. So now our whole house is completely automated. Um, all of the lights on our entire first floor, um, you know, it's hooked up to Uber and, uh, Domino's and, <laughs> uh, and the, the, obviously the Amazon accounts, an obvious one, um, to, to Pandora, like, every, and we've got one on the, our, our like main floor and then one on the floor with the bedrooms. Um, and they each, each like individual echo like runs all of the shit on that floor. I've since picked up like the, the Samsung, Samsung smart things hub and I've got the, the hue hub and I've had to buy a new routing switch so everything could get hardwired in. Uh, so there's no like latency having to rely on, on Wi-Fi, And so I've gone kind of, kind of over the, over the top. Yeah, dude, uh, that's pretty fucking bonkers. I'm going to be real. You just made me like question where I would put myself on it because I have not done, I have an echo, but it's pretty much just for playing my Spotify playlist. I, I don't think I've gotten the full use of it. I just, I, yeah, I was like, I, it was one of those things. I mean, when I do, you know, I think you're, you're this way in a lot of senses too. Like, when, I, when I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do this thing, I tend to do it like almost to death. So I don't really do anything halfway. Um, so, you know, the the weekend that I told my wife I was going to get everything hooked up on, on the first floor, um, you know, there were several trips to Home Depot and a whole bunch of Amazon orders placed. And then, you know, almost every night that week, I think I was programming light bulbs or um, programming water sensors or hooking up. One of my favorite things, I will say this, is um, – so the, the, uh, our nest is hooked up to, um, to Alexa. So like they all know what's going on. Um, so there's two things that I've hooked up since that I, I'm a really big fan of. One is as soon as, so using if this, then that, as soon as I pull into the driveway and I park my car at the moment, my phone connects to our Wi-Fi. using if this, then that Alexa then turns on, uh, the lights on the house, make sure that the, the thermostat's set to 70 degrees. And then it plays a song of my choosing as I walk in the door. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so it's, it's like it's like a, it's like a th- it's like theme music for when I get home. Oh, God, I want that. What is your theme music, by the way? Uh, I wear my sunglasses at night by Corey Hart. It's amazing. I was singing that last night because I was, in fact, wearing my sunglasses at night. <laughs> it's true. It happened. And a woman behind me was like, no, no, keep going. Keep singing. <laughs> it's so good. It's, yeah, it's that's good. good. That's good. I was on a podcast recently. They asked me like what my what my music to uh, be the theme of my life was, and it was a really hard question to answer. And then they started playing uh, Africa by Toto, and I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So, so on a scale of one to ten, where would you put yourself in your use of technology? Not just in your knowledge of it, but more in like your actual practical use of it. Sounds like now you're 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 pretty geeky. Probably eight to nine. I mean, like I've I've embraced it pretty hard. Like um, in terms of like the uh, like 
the car and and hooking up my phone to all the stuff and all the automation and and using like um you know these new investment tools that are out there like betterment and personal capital that like allow you to automate specific investment moves like i i think i've i've immersed myself more so in the past 12 months um than i than you know all of the years leading up to that combined hmm. got it so yeah um uh, final two questions about technology. Um, if you had to pick one, which would you say, you know, a gun to your head, most likely to do, uh, create content online, curate content online, comment on content, or just quietly and passively observe? Uh, probably create content. Yeah, I've always thought you as a creator, um, but just making sure. And then I know you're an iPhone, so I didn't even to ask you about that. You're an iPhone yep. user, correct, right? Yeah. Yes, correct. All right, so as you know, because you've listened to my episode, just makes me, like, honestly warms my heart, dude, because I, I respect you so much professionally, and I know that you're a busy dude. So the fact that you took out any time to listen to our episodes is actually, like, a huge win for the show. I have been um, sharing it all week this week, man. I'm, I'm like, legitimately impressed. The, the, like, the, the guests, like, the level of guests that you've been getting is impressive. Um, the dialogue that you've been having has been, like, really insightful, uh, and the production quality has been fantastic. So, I, like, again, I think, I think this is some of your best work. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, I, I love doing it. Um, and I think it's definitely a step up from the last podcast, which I also thought was very good. But I, I definitely think this is a, a better show than the last. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but as you know, the, the show is about people and technology and how those two forces impact us. And you are a great person to have to talk first about the technology because I know your career wasn't always what your career is today. There was a point in your life where you made a decision um, regarding how you would interface with technology and what you would do with your life and your career. And I want to talk about that, about how technology has impacted your life. And I, and I want you to really take me back to the point where it actually did change your life. Interesting. Uh, okay. That's, that's actually kind of it's fun and difficult all at the same time. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, like I've, I've grown up with, like, I think of my first laptop, I got my first laptop when I was like maybe 11 um, it was a Toshiba satellite. It weighed like eight pounds and, and was like, you know, almost six inches thick. The only thing bigger than the laptop was the external CD-ROM drive that I had to plug it in, like plug into it to use the C like to, to actually like install stuff and to run CD-ROMs because it, like, it had a floppy drive. Um, so like I've been using computers, you know, since I can really remember since they were really around. Um, but I didn't really use them for much more than like games and writing papers and, and like AOL instant messenger. Um, and then initially I went into finance. So like I was, my first internship in college was for Morgan Stanley and Concha Hawken, And I was just dialing for dollars You know, I was expected to show up and call 150 to 200 people a day. And, and, uh, I was told a lot of places I could, I could put it, you know, for lack of a better description. Um, was uh was was you know I've n I don't know if anybody's ever been as hung up on as much as I was those those first few months, um, but funny enough there was a guy there who had an, a private investment franchise within Morgan Stanley without getting too much into the details because it's kind of boring. He, he like it started out with like his um, his executive assistant like like walking around the office asking for people like how to help her like send an email or like how to how to put a picture in an email. Um, this was back in like two thousand and three two thousand and four. Um, and it got to the point where I was answering enough questions and he was like, he had this hunch to put together essentially a spam campaign. Um, but it was before can spam. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't technically spam yet. I mean, it was, but it wasn't illegal spam. Um, 
so I was eventually he stole me, which is the best way to describe it. He just offered to pay me more money than I was being paid to, <clears throat> excuse me, to do the job that I sort of hated, um, which was just hammering the phones all day, um, to help them engineer like the first email marketing campaign that actually made it through Morgan Stanley's compliance department and was sent out into the wild. Um, and that was like the light bulb moment. At that point, I was like, oh man, like there's this like this knowledge that I take for granted and like the ability to figure out this like stuff that seems really simple to us, like simple to people who sort of grew up around computers. Um, there's this whole generation of people that will pay money for help with this stuff. Um, that was sort of it. Like at that point, like I think I went home and, and used uh, like one in one internet to create my my first professional website. I mean, I had like a GeoCities website in high school, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, and I, I created, you know, Nick Eubank Solutions was the name of the of the the company, and um, I don't even remember how I got my first customers. Like, it was doing like real wacky like email scraping um, and like email verification stuff, like stuff that I was doing manually at the time, just because I had no idea like how to write software, or how to stitch software together. Um, but it was pretty life changing. I mean, ultimately that that's what sort of started me down the path to eventually leave finance and and. You know, dive headfirst into the the tech side of of business. Let's pretend that you never actually took that step and joined that team. You were like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to muscle through this and get hung up on. What do you actually think you would be doing right now if you never got involved in tech? Or do you think it's just an inevitability that because of your fluency and and ability to use technology that that you would inevitably end up here? It just was a matter of timing. So I've I've always been fascinated with real estate ever since I met. Um, I met this one guy when I was much younger, this, this real estate entrepreneur who was all self-made. Um, and, and he sort of built like this idea of, um, of like physical property of like, of, of like owning things that you could kick and, and sort of like the, this, the strange valuable behind like value behind having tangible goods that's been sort of lost these days. You know, these days where are the, the most, the biggest, most profitable companies actually don't have any inventory. Um, you know, they're, they're just, they're just, they're just transactional brokers like, uh, you know, Alibaba, um, uh, Airbnb, Uber, so on and so Facebook. forth. Um, yeah, yes. Well, again, they've got, they've got their, their tangibility is, is a, you know, is their code base, I would imagine. And the thousands of servers that runs, you know, all of the, all of the content that they now they own, but, but yeah, essentially same, same deal. Um, so I was I was fascinated with real estate. So I used the finance background and I actually went to work for a couple different companies and I hopped around. So I was on the the commercial development side as an analyst, uh, and then I went from there to um, the commercial representation side as like a lease broker um, for Roger Stallbach's company before it got acquired by Jones Lang and Sal. And then I hopped from there to a private portfolio company here in Drexel from a guy owned and operated by a guy named Nick Jacogan. Um, and I was an acquisition manager there. And I, I thought that was always going to be it. Like, I mean, I, I, I sort of loved doing it. And I got, I got screwed out of a deal that I spent like six months putting together out in St. Louis. And it would have been the, the most money I'd ever made in my life. It, it was a $23.8 million deal. And I had a 1% rip on the deal. So I would have made, you know, $238,000. Um, and, and that sort of is what kept me going for like six months, slogging back. I mean, I had an apartment and a car in St. Louis. I was spending half my time out there. Um, and they sort of, they, you know, at closing, uh, the, the guys that I was representing who always told me, you know, don't worry about the money. We've got the investors, we've got the investors, you know, we've got the cash if we need it. Um, they came to the closing table and they didn't, they couldn't get the deal done. Um, 
So I quit and sort of just out of frustration, um, you know, went, made a hard run at the consulting, uh, like the tech consulting side of things. And that's sort of where it all began. Uh, had that had that not happened, I, I I fully believe I would have, you know, I, I'd be I'd be much I'd be much deeper into real estate than I already am. Would you do you think you would have made the pivot to still be an entrepreneur within real estate? Because I I see you as a true through and through entrepreneur. Like in your DNA, you're one of like you know five or six people that I I think like I really get and they really get me because we share that. But um, if you went that direction, if that if you hadn't had the tech pivot that you had and everything, and, and decided to get into that and the consulting side, do you do you think you would have eventually turned the real estate thing into your own real estate thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 certain. I mean, I was, I've always been. I still am. I'm still enamored. I mean, that's still like my, my ultimate retirement plan is not some big you know eight or nine figure tech exit, uh, which would be wonderful. And I'm going to knock on wood. Um, but you know, ultimately, my my sort of sound retirement strategy is still you know in, in hard assets in real estate. So. Um, I absolutely think that that you know I probably would have gone that route if uh, if it wasn't just so it wasn't so easy to go into tech. Makes sense. So, how'd you get this way? How, how did you become this Nick Eubanks? You know, so you decided to start and do the the thing at Morgan Stanley. You got interested in the real estate. You got into the tech. You you have this freedom to tinker, but you're like this super motivated guy with tons of ideas and. Um, you know, you have a, a confidence in yourself, and, and I know we all suffer from the same sort of um, worries and concerns and everything. But but you uh, you're a very self motivated, directional sort of individual. Who are some of the people that have had that impact on you to to make you feel that you could accomplish these things, and that that was the way instead of maybe taking the safe job? Like what what were those people influences on you? Um, it's funny. That's, that's, that's such an awesome question. Um, and it's one that I actually ask on, on the ADD Hero podcast, uh, which is you know, it's, it's I'm interviewing I interview entrepreneurs with ADD, and the question I was asked is like, you know, who who inspired? Like, what entrepreneurs inspire you? Um, and I get these great answers from people, and um, mine mine's kind of weird. Um, my biggest inspiration growing up, like professional inspiration, was was always my dad, uh, but he's not an entrepreneur. Um, he's been a bad guy. I mean, he's, he's been, he's been, you know, a CEO of a couple different software companies. He's been, you know, EVPs, SVPs for, for giant companies. I mean, he was at Pricewaterhouse before, before there was a C, you know, before there was a Cooper, um, you know, he was a, a principal and a partner there. And then he was at Oracle, uh, and he was CEO of a couple different companies that got acquired by Oracle. And like, um, he's just very successful. And, and I think that's where a lot of like the salesmanship and like sort of the professional, um, like executive, you know, slash stewardship in my personality comes from. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's funny. I, I think that, I think my dad would have made a great entrepreneur. I just don't know if he ever, uh, really had the, had the chance to take that leap. I mean, as you know, it takes, it takes a lot of faith and, and, um, you know, I just recently read or, or reread a post. Um, I forget what it was, but it was sort of about like the loneliness, like the loneliness and the and the depression of, of being an entrepreneur that that a lot of people don't you know the the uglier side of, of running a business um, that a lot of people don't talk about because uh, it's not fun to talk about it's not fun to think about and and uh, you know <laughs> one of my favorite things I think I've heard in the past five years is that you know overnight success usually takes ten years yep um, so uh, it's it's just it, it's amazing how uh, you know most people especially as an entrepreneur you have this tendency to sort of compare your day-to-day to other entrepreneurs' highlight reels um, because that's what you see. That's what you read about. That's what's in the media. That's what's in the podcasts. You, know, you, don't, you don't hear about the, the late nights and the, and the, the, the shitty, um, shitty weak feelings of self-worth and, and you know, having $5 in your bank account and 
tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt and, and all the shit it takes to sort of string things along until until you figure it out. Yeah, man. And you know, uh, from you've read my day in the life blog before, you know that one of the things I take great delight in is actually sharing the giant dumpster fires and piles <laughs> of shit that I go through in, in doing this because I, I agree with you. I think the problem is we do share too much of that filtered worldview of what it be what it is to be an entrepreneur. And, and to your point, not only do we as entrepreneurs generally uh, compare ourselves to the highlight reels of other entrepreneurs, we compare ourselves to what we perceive as we know it's awful in like for us to have to go through it. But the the day-to-day awesome consistency of having a job, right? So you see somebody that gets to just go into work and come home. No, we don't even think about what they do. You know, it's just that they get to have that stability. They get to do that. And we know that if we tried to do that, we would fail miserably at having a boss. Um, but but I know for myself sometimes I just compare myself to people who have a job and I think it would just be so easy. Not that it is, but in my head I think it would just be so easy if I could just do that. If I didn't have to deal with all the stress of running this show and being the hero day in and day out and being on. Um, yeah. So I, I'm with you on that. It's it's exhausting. It's it's um I think I'd be miserable. Oh, uh, definitely. Like like my greatest one of my greatest fears in life is is going to jail. Um, not because of like the bad shit that happens in jail, but like the idea of having to sit in like an eight by ten room, like with no pencil and like with not like no ability to create and no ability to like do or make. Um, like that's that's my ultimate fear. Like that's my death. Like that's like if I have to imagine what hell would be like that. You know, it would be the the inability to to make things. Um, do you know um uh, the YouTube channel Vsauce? No. So there, it, well, one, you would love it. It's amazing. Vsauce is like the, they do like these really deep scientific and in-depth deep dives into subjects. And they have a new show that's on YouTube Red, um, the guy from Vsauce. And he did uh, an episode on isolation. And he, I think he took, it was like three days or seven days. It was like a long time in just a room isolated by himself. And the lights were always on. And he lost complete track of time and like uh, totally almost went insane. It was a really interesting episode, but um, you, you would it. Um, what you said just kind of made me think of one that episode, but two in uh, in the new segment we're going to be coming out with. I have a question that I ask people in the rapid fire, which I will ask you when you come back on. But it's: Would you rather go skydiving or sit in a room isolated by yourself for three days? And I know your answer would probably be like, "Throw me out of that plane. Let's do this." <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, I don't know. Anyway. So, all right. Your dad, he was not an entrepreneur, but he was inspirational to you. Do you remember if there's any moment throughout the course of your life where there was a time where he said something or did something that helped to kind of shape that? What, you know, because we, you know, I, I look at my father and he's a big inspiration to me and how I turned out, but I'm curious about, you know, the way that you look up to your father, was there a certain moment in that where, said something, did something, gave you freedom, gave you a way of looking at things that, that helped to shape who you are? Um, so I, I, had, I had tremendous freedom uh, as a kid, like um, to the point where like when I, I explain I explain some of the things my parents let me do to my wife, she's like, oh my God, like well, our, our, you know, our children are never doing like, um, like, you know, at like 14 going to live in uh, like in Mexico for a few months and then and then like being able to go to Europe uh, at like 15 with like two of my 16 year old friends for like a couple weeks and like hopping around Europe uh, just on our own um, or being 16 and going down to live in Central and South America for like four or five months um, 
like on my own, like just, you know, and, and I didn't have like curfews and I didn't really have too many rules. Um, you know, it was sort of, I was, and, and I got into trouble, you know, like any kid. Um, but a lot of it was sort of self-directed. Um, and, and I think the benefit there is, is it inspired a lot of independence, but, um, to come back sort of to your, the, I think the, the, the DNA of your question, like, was there something that my dad said? I don't think that I don't have a memory of like any specific thing that was said. It was more so I think how he handled, um, sort of our home life, uh, um, without making this into like a therapy session. Uh, I had like a, a kind of epically terrible childhood and the, a lot of it was forced onto me the same and my siblings, the same was forced onto my dad. And, and it took a lot of sort of perseverance. And, and I think him putting us and like putting his children first and his priorities in life first, um, to not, you know, at some points, like not commit suicide. Um, it was horrendously like horrifically terrible, um, for a long time, like, you know, eight to 10 years. Um, so I think a lot of that was pretty inspirational in terms of like just being better, being a, you know, a bigger person, building a life, um, you know, for myself. And, and I wouldn't say I got married late, but I think I got, you know, I've, I have a lot of friends that got married really young and, and got divorced really young. And, and it became really important to me, um, to, you know, to really put a lot of value on a relationship and on like what goes into building a family. And, and you, I don't think you really have a truly successful business unless, you know, the rest of your life outside of work is set up to be as successful. I think that uh, it's a sort of self-sustaining system and, and you need the people in your life to support you the way you need to support your business. Um, so like it, I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, it, it does. The, the actual, the DNA of the question is really just about um, how that influenced you. Not necessarily what he said or what he did, but but how how the experience of that person shaped you. And, and that going through that kind of shitstorm and weathering that is part of what makes you able to weather the ups and downs of what you're doing in your career right now. It, it helps to shape kind of, and, and having that freedom as a kid and, and all of that, that which was an influence for that person is helped to what shape you to who you are again, not to make it into a therapy session. And then as far, just as a, a an aside, uh, no, you did it exactly right in your marriage. Uh, you, your wife is amazing. And I think you did it exactly right. Having known you a little bit before and now, so you get my stamp of approval. Nicely done. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, um, I, would agree, I would agree on that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, you totally nailed it. Um, so looking back on your, your life, right? So you, you definitely got to DNA my question. So thank you. But um, looking back on your life, when we think about, um, you know, how your career has developed, if you look back earlier into your career and think about a lesson you could have learned, not a technology you could have learned, not a, uh, a skill, but more like something you wish that you understood, the advice to the younger self sort of thing. What's one of those things that you could go back and tell yourself so that our listeners that are, you know, going through their life can learn from the experiences oh, you man. had? That's easy. That's like the easiest question ever. Nice. Um, Softball. Do it. Uh, God, like, yeah, like if I could, if I could go back and, and give advice to my younger self and like redo things completely over again, um, there's like, the, it, it's, it's the same sort of answer, but I, I see it in two, two like critically fundamental parts. And one is, um, to hold like, is to find the right team members, um, and like hold your team members to the same standard you hold yourself. Like, and, and, and if, if you are continuously frustrated at, you know, as somebody who's trying to hire, um, or find partners or strategic partners, um, or co-founders and you're, and you're just, you're, you're continuously frustrated that like, you're not finding, you know, you think that your, 
um, requirements are too strict or, or you're, you know, you, you're, you're looking for people that don't exist, um, you need to put that out of your mind because that's just not true. Um, you know, don't like, don't settle for mediocre help. Don't settle for mediocre team members. Um, was a big one. Cause I've, I've had, I've, I've had a couple companies where I've just had shitty partners. Um, like, like two or three times I've, I've started companies and the partners were just not the right fit. And, and the, you know, it ends up in, in heartbreak and the company dissolves and, you know, people lose money and they lose what's, you know, they lose what's way more valuable than money, which is time. Um, and, and it just, it's just shitty. It's just shitty all around. Well, pause there. Uh, Before you go to the second side of it though, I just have to clarify in this, hold people to the same standards as you hold yourself. That, I, I don't know how I can jive with that. Like I, I'm pushing back on that. I don't know if I would ever hold somebody to the standard that I hold myself to because I think I hold myself to an unreasonable standard. And I think if you really thought about it. What if it's not unreasonable? What if it's not unreasonable though? (sighs) Okay. Let's play with this then because I think it's unreasonable. (laughs) I I think the standard you hold yourself to is unreasonable. I've seen you work. You're insane. It's, it's hard. It's difficult to find people and retain people and, and, you know, but there's got to be a space between mediocre and what you hold yourself to. I, I would call that all media, all mediocrity. I, I think I think there's excellence, and and you know you you are the company you keep. You inherit the characteristics of the five people you spend the most time with. I don't want people. I don't want you know anybody who's less than excellent around me because I don't want to inherit those characteristics. All right, fair. Okay, and um, what's this? What's the second angle? Tell me. It. Fuck, oh my god, this is this is the big one. Fucking delegation. I, I, I waited so long in my career to, to embrace delegating and to learn how to delegate and to learn how to find people that I could delegate to and to trust, to be able to do these things. And like the moment I did that, I think it was, you know, maybe 18 months ago, uh, found, uh, the right person to sort of head things up in, in, in a couple different comp- a couple of my companies, finding the right people that I knew I could, I could. I could trust to see things through to my standard and, and would not drop the ball. And, and people who like, you know, doers, people who get shit done changed my whole life and everything exploded upward after that. Everything, the, the growth has been exponential since like letting go of shit uh, and, and learning how to, to, to put the onus of, of, of completion on other people. So I normally ask a different question after this but I'm going to frame it differently to continue what you just said. Normally I ask people about important skills to the future or something that everyone should go and do right after this episode, but I don't want to ask you that. So put that out of your head. I want to know how you went about learning to delegate better, where you went for support on that, who you asked questions to, what sort of resources you read, because quite frankly, I need that advice as much as anybody else listening right now. I do okay at it. I realize the exceptional benefit of it. It feels great when somebody else handles something. But how have you gone about learning to? Because it takes a lot of trust. You're giving up control, which can be really tough. Um, And there's a lot of anxiety behind it. So how did you go about doing that? By fucking up a whole hell of a lot. And I'm still not good at it. Um, I'm still nowhere near as good at it as a lot of people, like a lot of people that I talk to and read about and follow who, who I think have got it, you know, sort of engineered down to a science. Um, most of the, the delegation that I've been able to build has been, and you're not going to like this and nobody's going to like this answer, but it's the truth has been serendipitous. Like there's been, there's been these sort of serendipitous meetings. I have people who apply for our, you know, our either an unpaid internship or for my apprentice program. And I meet, you know, these people blossom into these sort of amazing human beings and, 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 and they're capable, you know, they're smart and motivated. And, and I just get a lot of it. Like, I don't want to, I don't know if it's luck or not. I mean, sometimes it feels a lot like luck, but like the, the a perfect example of how serendipitous it is, is, uh, 
my, you know, my partner at one of my part, one of my partners at, at IFTF um, is my brother-in-law, and and what, how it all sort of came to a head was he was at uh, PwC, uh, he was a tax accountant there, CPA, fucking hated it, um, but in order to be like, there's some characteristics there, like so I came from finance, so like I like I want somebody. A lot of it, like you look for characteristics that you yourself have, but then you also look for th- places where you're weak and, and somebody else could potentially be strong. In order to be a CPA, you have to have you know a meticulous attention to detail, especially to be a tax accountant um, for like high net worth clients and shit like that. You like you have like you have to understand deadlines and you have to understand details and like you know you're going to be thorough and you're going to be sort of a Nazi <laughs> to uh, to probably miss use potentially an off-putting word to describe it about things that, you know, to run a company, like, um, it's going to make you a good fit. And, and he couldn't wait to not be an accountant anymore. So like, it was just, again, it was serendipity. It was the, the right time, the right person who had the right characteristics. They, you know, did he have any understanding of digital at all? Uh, running digital campaigns, reporting, client management, how, how to manage, uh, all the different roles, uh, underneath him, developers, marketers, analysts. Absolutely not. Um, did I believe he'd be able to learn it because he really fucking wanted to? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it has catapulted the business, you know, uh, to 300 to 300% growth year over year since. I need to get a TR. Everybody does. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say it though, because I, I feel like, um, we've been serendipitously lucky at, uh, at True Voice Media as well, that the team we have now are people that came by way of like, how did that happen? But what I would suggest is that it, you only could recognize the serendipity of it by way of having fucked it up before that, right? So the number of people that you may have brought on before that didn't have the characteristics you were looking for and realized, oh, I actually need someone who has these three characteristics of mine, but then this whole host of other things. And it gave you the ability to see those. So it I would assume that it's probably the mistakes we've made in the past that allow us to see that opportunity. So you, it's the process. You have to go through that process. I would completely agree. I mean, especially like the, like, you know, even founding IFTF, like I had, I had, I had made, I had gone through bad partnerships twice before IFTF. And even when I founded IFTF, that original founding partner, me and, and my founding partner, he's no longer in the company. You know what I mean? I, I had to buy him out in 2015. Cause like even that one fell apart. Like it, it took, it took learning the same lesson so many, you know, over and over again, so many times. It's like it's like beating yourself in the face with the with the uh, uh, the insanity shovel. You know what I mean? And expecting a different result every time. Um, and, maybe that's and why it, it takes ten years. Amazing. Maybe that's why it uh, takes ten years to be the overnight maybe. success because you need to fuck up so many times. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Um, oh, right, well, that's amazing, man. So you ready for some rapid fire questions? Let's do it. All right, cool. You got your phone near you? Uh, I can. Hold on. Yeah, grab it. Okay. All right. What are the apps in your doc? Uh, they're boring. I mean, mail, messages, phone, and Safari. Shut the hell up. You haven't changed the default ones? No, those are the ones I use. Those are the four ones I use the most. Jesus Christ. That's so weird to me because I see you as like such a nerd, but you have the, you have the default ones. That's weird. Okay. The, the, uh, only one, the only app I might use more than those four is Slack. And that's right. It's, it's right above... It's it's the it's the it's like the in the the most convenient thumb position right above the dock. Yeah, and I'll bet in that same lay in that same row is Trello. Uh, no, we we uh, we actually we moved off Trello. What'd you move to? We uh, we're in a, completely in Asana now. Nice. That's one of my favorite apps. Um, well, let me ask you this: the one application that you can't live without, what is it? Mobile, desktop, web doesn't matter. What's the one because it's so oh, Slack. It's definitely Slack. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all day, you know, and I, the best part is like each company has their own Slack. I'm in a bunch of other private Slacks, 
Um, like, I don't know if you're in online geniuses yet, if you're not. Yeah, I'm um, in online geniuses. Yeah, I have like, not participated enough. There's enough. just so many. There's just so many, like, slacks that, like, I just hop, you know, in between every day, and, and it's so useful. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, well, all social media sites are going to be deleted tomorrow. But, Nick, I'm going to let you pick the one that gets to live on forever. What is it? Oh, God. And I'm talking outward-facing social media. I'm going to let Slack live because it's too valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Ah, uh, God. Probably Reddit. Reddit, front page of the internet. It's the first time I've heard it. Good one. All right, it's just, it's just it's so useful. I mean, we use that to curate more content and, and more story direction than anything else. That's kind of amazing. I've never thought to do it. I'm I'm honestly very late to the Reddit party, so I may have to sit down over old fashions with you and let you educate me about it. Yeah, well, what's funny is, is I was super late to the Reddit party, and I've learned more in six months than. Uh, than you know the, the past five years. I just again, I, I never gave it the the time that it really deserves. Yeah, I'm I'm same way. It's like I'm just all I'm not. I'm either not in it or I'm like obsessed. So it's 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 zero to to a hundred in in a second. Um, what's one book that every business person should read in your opinion? Um, well, so that's funny. Last week I would have said top grading. Um, cause that really changed how like managing, running a business, building, you know, a virtual bench, look bench, looking at talent, managing talent that like that shifted sort of the process of, of scaling businesses and hiring people. Um, but I'm almost done listening to deep work by Cal Newport. Mm. Um, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just like blown away, um, at sort of the, the amount of insight that it's, it's been, it's been driving for me. Um, I'll tell you, man, the, 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 one of the best things about this show is I am developing the most kick-ass reading list on the site ever. So it's super funny. So we, we've got we, – we keep a, um, a running reading list in a Slack channel, um, an IFTF Slack, and it, it's gotten pretty big. Um, also, all, all IFTF – so IFTF pays for Audible accounts for all employees because we want every, all of our employees to read all of – like to listen to all of the books that are on our reading list. Um, it's become a pretty impressive reading list. I've been like considering like putting it out as a blog post. I don't think that's a terrible idea, and I would strong. I'll easily retweet it and probably save it into Evernote. Well, well then. Yeah. Last question. You ready? Yep. If you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Invisibility. Wow. You know, what did you, you get a lot of like flight? Uh, you know, it's kind of all over the place, but like you know, as a superhero geek, I'm I deconstruct every guest based upon their answer. Because every single answer has like uh, has has meaning behind it, right? So there's like, okay, if you were to use that for good, what would that mean? If you could use it for nefarious purposes, what would that mean? And does my guest mean it for one, the other, or both? And uh, invisibility is is an interesting one, um, especially from someone who is is pretty out there. You know, like you're you're a pretty visible person. Uh, you're involved in a lot of different things. So becoming invisible is kind of interesting. It's like nobody can, uh, nobody can get a hold of you when you're invisible. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's part of the allure. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, Nick, you have been a fucking fantastic guest, mind you. Um, but you've been nice enough to set aside some time on, uh, on this beautiful sunny Friday to St. Patty's day, St. Patty's day to talk to me. So for all of you listening to this now, you know, when we recorded it, um, and I want to give you this time right now just to talk about whatever it is that you're working on where people can go and support, where they can learn about it, where they can subscribe to new stuff that you're doing and learn more about who you are and how they could work with you. 
Um, oh, awesome. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pouring all available energy, um, you know, outside of the companies. You know, all my nights and weekends are, are being consumed right now with, uh, with ADD Hero. Um, I'm do not doing as much writing on the blog there as I would like to, although I'm, I've, I'm pretty consistently putting out, like, pretty big, meaty resource guides. Um, I'm certainly on a big, I'm, I'm currently on a big tear going through like all the drugs. So like I just finished like Vyvanse versus Adderall and like, you know, all the side effects and the diagnosis and, and, and treatment options. And I'm doing that for sort of like all of the main ADD drugs. Um, but, uh, I've got one free ebook that's up there right now. It's like five strategies. I think you're actually on the homepage, uh, as one of my testimonials. And then I've got a, a really like a, a master collection, which is going to be somewhere in between 25 and 30 of all of my strategies, including diet and time management. Um, it's going to be just a monster. Uh, I'm still, I'm working on that right now. I think it, I'm hoping it'll be done in a week or two. Um, but yeah, everything, all, all my energy right now is, is going to that just because, um, I, I think the, the way I am and, and the way that I've been able to build companies and, and find it and create success in my life is thanks very much to, um, being able to, to switch from task to task very easily. Um, with, and, and like having to train myself how to actually get shit done, um, has been a sort of painful journey over the past 32 years. Um, but I finally got into a point where I think I've got these, these strategies dialed in to where they, they, they really work in my favor. Um, and it's, it's been sort of an important realization for me to, to like get that out there and share that with other people. Yeah. And it, it, I think it's so vital because I, I would echo your sentiment that I think a lot of the ability to crush ungodly amounts of work that I can do is entirely related to my ADD. Uh, as well as the ability to run so many different projects and to strategize so well and to take in so many inputs. It, I thank it so much to the ADD. That, of course, does have its drawbacks. But um, I'd actually be interested to see. I don't know if you have this. Um, I know, you know I read the, the original ebook, but I'd love it if, uh, if you could put together some strategies around how to find and dial into that hyper focus mode where you can like sit for like 12 hours and do a thing. So because, it's super fun. Yeah. Dude, yeah. So, so it's super funny. Like that, like that flow. Um, is like some of the, the most meaningful, uh, content that I've been sort of digesting from deep work. Like they talk about, you know, the specific strategies for being able to go deep. And like, there, there's some tweaks to how I think you have to do that if you have a hyperactive brain. Um, but like I'm, I'm starting, like I've, I've found myself reaffirming some of my beliefs and actually changing like the, the way that I'm explaining some of the strategies in, in this master collection book that I'm working on now as, as a result of Cal Newport's work. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to have to read that and add it to my reading list. Um, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. I'm definitely going to have you back once we do our uh, first technology deep dive. You're going to be the first person I call, so make sure you pick up the phone. Awesome. Um, and all of you out there listening to this episode, uh, we always appreciate your time, your attention, uh, all the love that you give us on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, reviews on iTunes or Overcast, wherever you are. We appreciate all the love. And uh, please take this episode and share it because this episode, like the rest, is shareable. That was so much fun. I can't even believe the guests that we get. I mean, can you believe the guests that we get? I can actually. I schedule them. Awesome. Well done. Well, this episode for me was an absolute blast and I hope everyone listening really enjoyed it. But now that we're in this fun little outro, what should people do next? Hmm. I think they should check us out on iTunes. Definitely go check us out on iTunes. And when you get there, subscribe, drop us a review, And then, what's that one last thing we want them to do? I don't know. Share the episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's in the name. So, 
Please share this episode, tell everyone you know, and we'll see you on the next episode of Shareable. Bye.